It's the Seth Williams Show with Mike Kosoka. And here's your host, Seth Williams and Mike Kosoka. And a welcome to another Monday night. It is Monday, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. All day. Yeah, they, uh, they all run together at this point. <laughs> I noticed that too. Yeah. And when you don't have a leg and can't walk or can't uh, drive out of the house, <laughs> and it seems like every day is one after another after another. You look outside and hope that the weather's nice to open up. And I can stand on the patio and I can walk around the house and stuff, but I, can, I guess I could walk around the neighborhood. Yeah, probably. But for me, it's just like we've been on a roll. I've been lucky, and the show's been blessed with like good guests over the last few weeks and segments, and and so I find myself just like really, really itching to get through the time till we're on again. So, yeah, how was your weekend? Uh, anybody listening, pick up a couple more sponsors so we can do this full time. How was your weekend? Weekend was good. Um, I work on Saturday and Sunday, so. It went really fast. Uh, I did. Turner Classic Movies was on, and I watched Mutiny on the Bounty and Doctor Strangelove back to back. Sat there for like four hours and watched two really, really cool movies that I never saw from start to finish. So that was nice. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't think we did much. My daughter had a very long shift of work. She actually picked up an extra shift. Um, that's the kind trying, of stuff that's going to turn her into a manager. That's what I, I was talking see, about last but, week. Like I'm trying to find a freaking job, and this girl is picking up extra shifts, which is awesome. But she worked yesterday from noon until nine at night. Okay, it's a very long day for a yeah. uh, 16 year old, but yeah. she loved it. She did a good job, so I'm very proud of uh, of her. Either um, that or she's smart enough to realize that you don't get out much. Heather's busy. And she at 16 has mastered the art that you and I discovered at 16, where you call your parents up and go, uh, I'd like to come home, but they're they're making me work late. I'll see. Right. <laughs> yeah, she, unfortunately for her, she's not driving. So she'd have to walk somewhere if she's going oh, go. to okay. pick her up. All right. But now with technology, I watch everywhere her phone goes. Okay. So, you know, if she walks out of. Uh, her place of employment, I know exactly where she's at. Okay. And she ain't leaving anywhere without that phone. Big uh, you know, that's where the right. are. All right. So tonight, we got a lot of stuff to talk about, of course. Uh, we, we have to, we can't ignore the, the story of the day, the big, huge, ginormous story with the uh, school shooting in Nashville. Um, terrible. Three kids. Uh, unfortunately dead three adults dead and then the uh, suspect also shot and killed um you know, you know what's one of those things that i hate talking about but you know but you got to you have to yeah and i'm i'm gonna start off with this you know Good. what broke my heart yeah you know and not jaded not that the, these ever get old and, and none of that stuff and it has nothing to do with law politics or what do we do next this is what broke my heart is the video shot from a little bit of a distance, like across the street, that showed that little parade of must have been first or second grade kids holding hands, 
walking single file and cross leaving the school to cross the street. Yeah. And I just looked at those kids and I went, Oh my God, that's a part of their school day. Practice once a month is a part of their school day. We never had to put up with that. Yeah. My, uh, my daughters had numerous training, I guess, if you will, for that kind of thing about what to do, where to go, where to hide, um, what to throw at somebody that might come in with a gun. I mean, yeah, it's sad. But back in the day, it was, you know, if a tornado was coming, jump under your desk and hope for the best. And now it's if a shooter is coming, you have to have plans. Um, but before we get into all that, we also have Jay Bach, comedian, coming up yep. at 6 o'clock as we uh, take on the East Palestine fundraiser that we are doing. Um, I've got some news on that, too, real quick. I'll share with you so you know before Jay gets on the air. We have come up with an official name for the endeavor. Okay. It's called Ohio Comics Stand Up for East Palestine. Awesome. That is very cool. That's the name of what we're doing from now on. Very good. And we are going to be a part of that uh, from week to week with various comedians coming on. And um, tell you how you can get involved in that tonight as well. Uh, but before we do that, and before we get into the heavy stuff about the school shooting, I want to talk to three lovely people, and they do a great job. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. We're talking with Trang, Clarissa, and Clara. Is that correct? Yes. yes. Fantastic. Part of the Metro Burn Unit. Mm-hmm. And you guys are doing a fundraiser for the Providence House. We'll get into that in just a second. Uh, but I think it's very cool that you guys are on tonight. Um, you guys you guys deal with some of the worst of the worst. Is that correct? Um, um, yeah. Oh, it's a it's, rough day. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to be a patient here. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And... Let me let me ask you this for on behalf of people that just don't it's not part of their life until God forbid it happens to someone close. But it's not like you sit around with nothing to do. You're pretty busy. There's oh, a lot no, we, going on that people know about, right? Yeah, this burn unit um is one of the few burn units that actually are verified by the American Burn Association that um, we do treat adult and child um, pediatric burns. And, you know, we also have an inpatient unit and an outpatient unit. So we are a comprehensive um, center more than just a unit. It's a comprehensive center where we can take little burns to the critical burns. So, and um, you see us inpatient and outpatient. So we all kind of do it all here. That's amazing. See, I spent a month in Metro. So I have nothing but great things to say about Metro and the hospital and the therapists there and uh, the doctors there that worked on me. I, I lost a leg back in uh, on Easter of last year. And, you know, with all the help from everybody at Metro, they have me up and walking now. So, I mean, it's fantastic. Everybody there is going to do a great job. I do appreciate good teamwork. We yes. all all do very great teamwork here. Um, and I think that's a part of why we're on tonight, because that's kind of our goal. Yes. Um, is we started a fundraiser as a team because... 
it was our manager's idea of team building. So he thought it would be fun to divide up the unit into two teams. Um, both of the units have been doing a lot of fundraisers, um, raising money for Providence House, which um, it's a, um, a, a nursery. It's a nonprofit a nursery for children, newborns to the age of 12 that, um, you know, are at high risk for like abuse and neglect of this is um, like a shelter for them for them to stay yeah it's like it's a crisis center yep uh the guy I used to work with, mike trevisano used to have numerous events for uh the providence house yeah and we'd have all kind of people stop by and donate things to providence it's a really great organization they do a lot of good work yeah, uh, Mike, you know, you're familiar with Providence House, right? Oh, absolutely. I've uh, been part of other fundraising opportunities for them. <clears throat> Unfortunately, I also know Providence House from the other side as well, because I spent uh, 20 some odd years as a criminal defense attorney and got to meet some of the people that were responsible for their homes being dangerous. Let's put it that way. And just to see that effect it has on, on lives. Plus, you learn things along the way, too. I watched the Ken Burns documentary on Prohibition. And a lot of people, most of the people, I think, when they think of Prohibition, think of the Roaring Twenties and gangsters and, and pinstripe suits and flapper girls in dresses and bobbed hair and stuff like that. And that was the last couple of years of a nine-year prohibition experience. But prohibition came about in the Industrial Revolution when all the women in America convinced all the churches in America to stop the men in America from getting their paycheck on Thursday and coming home Sunday night drunk and broke and putting the lives and, and well-being of their wives and kids at risk. It was a real social dilemma and Providence House is still serving that population. The good news is from where we're all sitting is if you do a little bit of research, Northeast Ohio is one of the leaders in the country for people that open up their hearts and their wallets and support each other. We've got some phenomenal um charities that do amazing work and Providence House is certainly on the short list. I don't I don't disagree with that. Providence House uh being that type of crisis center in our community, you know, it's it is about community. It's about uh helping each other and you know, keeping what we know as, you know, as Cleveland. This is our, you know, this is our city, this is our town and helping each other out is so important especially in the world today you know as we know earlier today just tragedy and yeah it's important to think about what comes better from it what can we do you know better and this is kind of where we decided to go with it is we wanted to help you know uh the mothers and the children out there in crisis who don't have the opportunity to help themselves. That's that's great. So, can you explain like what the uh, your fundraiser is all about? Um, 
So what we're doing is this Sunday, yes, April 2nd, April 2nd, from noon to four, we will be at Goldhorn Brewery. It's on 55th and mm -hmm. close to Lexington and 55th by uh, League Park and the Baseball Heritage Museum, all that area there. Um, Goldhorn Brewery joined in with our fundraiser and we're going to be hosting a basket raffle there. Um, we'll have a basket raffle, 50-50. Uh, they, they have this huge fun game room. I don't know if, if is, have you guys ever been to the brewery? It's, yes. a, it's a nice brewery. It's so spacious and just great place to be together and have a great time. Um, we are taking donations. It doesn't necessarily have to be for the basket raffle, but we will be there from noon to four, Goldhorn Brewery this Sunday, um, having just a good time. Goldhorn was uh, also gracious enough to donate pizza and for every beer bought, they're going to also donate $1 to Providence House. So I wanna make sure that Goldhorn Brewery gets their recognition because they really are uh, helping us achieve our goal. Perfect. And, uh, the, the people can donate or they can do the Venmo is at Metro Burn Fundraiser, correct? Correct. And or, you know, if you're not familiar, what, what did Shriv always say? I'm living in a world I don't understand. This yeah. Venmo, these cash apps, all that sort of stuff. If you do come <laughs> on to Goldhorn, there is a cash option and that sort of stuff. Okay. Where's wow. Goldhorn? Where's Goldhorn Brewery? East 55th. Yeah. And like close, if you get off of Euclid. All right. Yeah, tell your husband that was good for to have you work in the uh, living in a world I don't understand thing. That was, that was good. <laughs> I told go. him. I promised I would. <laughs> Fair enough. Hey, we have a call. We have somebody on the line who actually wants to say hi to you guys. Do you mind? Awesome. All right. Hang on. Chris. Chris, you're on. Hi, Chris. Damn. Hi, can you hear me? There we go. Hi, yep. Hi ladies. Um, uh, yeah, I just wanted to say um, I have I have done time in your burn unit, and um, it is it is the godsend of godsend. And I was there in 1994, end of the year. Uh, Doctor Freddie Ian is my hero in life. He Aww. is ours too. He is the best, and and I'll just tell you. And I've told it on the show many times with Seth and Mike. I should not be here. I I was sixty nine percent third deg third degree. Wow. I got smoked pretty good, and um, I'm here and I'm productive, and I've had a great life since because of the incredible work that you guys do. And you guys specifically, the nurses, do not get near enough credit. I know that it's, it's easy to throw the credit to Doctor Fratt and his team, and they are wonderful. <laughs> And I'm sure whoever's there now is wonderful. But um, for me, it was the nurses at three o'clock in the morning when I when I was miserable and bored and sad and scared that carried me through. Um, you know, you guys do great work. And I personally, you guys don't know this at all, but I've written a book about my time in the burn unit. And I'd like to donate a case of them for your drive if, if that You there? 
<laughs> we we missed it. Sorry, we it got cut off. Yeah, something cut out there. Hello, I I said I'd like there to donate or donate a, a books uh, uh, about the burn unit, about my time in the burn unit. That would be that would be amazing. Thank we, you so much. You know, and honestly, if you want to donate those books, you. You can donate them to the unit and we can ensure that the patients are getting them, mm -hmm. you know, because having somebody to relate to really does make a difference for our patients here. So that would be amazing. Thank you well, so much, Chris. That's great. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much for what you do, because literally there's no amount of press or statement that can really say how important it is to somebody that's in there so you know keep doing what you're doing it's great thank, thank you. you thank you so much can't do it without the team though i you know takes takes more than just the nurses we have everybody here in the burn unit makes a difference so and that was the goal of our fundraiser is just making a difference that's what we want to do i know we do it you know here every day but you know we we're bleeding hearts, I guess. We just want to get back. <laughs> there you go. Um, I have another question, talking about somebody who just stands and admires the work that you do. But the three of you sitting there have become, like you said, a team. The unit is a team, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But individually, how did you all discover that this was your calling? How did you know if, if I'll shut up and just listen? But it's amazing to me that you just. You know, there was one time you were six years old and playing in a sandbox, and now you're at the Metro Burn Unit that's nationally known. Well, it's funny that you say six years old, because I was burned when I was six. So, <laughs> fun fact about me. But, uh, um, okay. but I don't know. I always loved wound care. I love the burn population. I think it's also because I was a burn victim myself when I was younger. Okay. Um, okay. So, yeah. So I think that was my calling. I obviously didn't think that, oh, I want to be a burn nurse at six years old. Like who would want right, to right. do that? But, um, <laughs> but um, as I was, you know, getting older and I just started, you know, in school, things like that. And I just, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Like burn nurse wise, I didn't know that's what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to like help and give back to the community. Um, and then I started my nurse internship here in 2018. And I fell in love with this floor. I fell in love with the teamwork. I fell in love with the open communication that this, you know, that we have here. Um, everything is all about teamwork here. Um, it could be three of us in a dressing change for two hours with the patient, like out <laughs> sweating. Um, yeah. I'll hold a limb yeah. Clarissa, and I, you know, yeah. and we just wrap and we'll, you know, and then we'll bust that out and then we'll go to the next one. Yeah. So it's, I, started as a nurse intern and I loved it. And I was like, I, I want to continue, you know, when I graduate and I've been here since, since then. And so, um, for me personally, I actually worked at a different hospital that, um, downtown that is now closed. And I worked there for quite some time in an ICU. Um, did a lot of cardiac, did a lot of surgical, ICU type of things. And I just knew it was time for me to move on and find something different. Um, 
believe it or not, a metrang at that hospital. And oh. it was very interesting. It was just a uh, by fate meeting. She was doing her like clinical practice at the hospital I formerly worked at. And I had just applied to the burn unit and accepted the position when I found out she was i was literally kind of taking her on as a student and i found out she was a nurse here wow. so I, it was like it was it was nice to kind be. of fate yeah yeah, and, yeah. And so and um it was nice coming into a new career and having a friend and or a new you know position and having a friend and it it took i think it took me from the world of adults into the a world of adults and pediatrics and mm. outpatient and inpatient and for me it really was the comprehensive care it wow. was the, it was the start to finish you know it was the i got to see you get better yeah you know that's every time i see a patient come back like like chris these patients years later that still come back still give us cookies at christmas you know we don't even know them but we right. know that right you know? and it's that comprehensive care that drew me to this profession so and you know it's just unbelievable stuff so i started here uh about a year ago and i came here because i loved wound care um i was working at uh as a nurse intern there and had met a manager for a different unit. And she asked me what my dream unit would be. And I said burns because I love working with the skin. I love doing wound care and seeing the wounds heal as time progresses. Um, and she said, you know, there's a, there's a burn unit here in Cleveland, which I didn't know at the time. And she's not from here. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm from the West Coast. Okay. Um, I moved here for nursing school. And um, I applied, got an interview, shadowed here on the unit, and participated in dressing, multiple dressings while shadowing. And I fell in love with the team. I fell in love with the dressings. And I here I am. And I absolutely love it. And I love it every day. And the, the reason I thought to ask that as part of this interview is back in January, my girlfriend had uh, shoulder replacement surgery. And after watching what went on, the teamwork 24, she ended up in there a couple of days instead of being discharged because of some other blood work stuff. But anyway, uh, to just watch the floor at work and Seth, you have to have seen this too and noticed this too. It, it must be, be a really good feeling at the end of your day, even if it's a 36 hour day to know that the job that you have, you can actually see that you're making a difference in people's lives. You're not in a factory putting tab A in slot B. You're not just, you know, doing repetitive stuff over and over and wondering why am I here? What am I doing? And then, and it's certainly not just for, you know, punching a time clock and adding up the hours. Um, you're, got called to do something where you really make a difference and change people's lives. That, that's precious. I wish you could give a teaspoon of that to everybody. Everybody. Yeah, I would, I would say nursing everywhere is not, it's, it's a bleeding heart profession. It's, yeah. it's for the people who really want to do it. Bedside care. I've been at the bedside 
I know I look 20, but <laughs> it's been close to 14 years now. I've been as a bedside nurse. Um, and I can remember some of my very first patients to, you know, to patients I take care of now. And yeah. I have only identified to help the, the patients. It's, it's never about the money. It can't yeah, my- be. My or, mother was actually an emergency room nurse for many years. Um, oh, that's a and, tough one too. Uh, and she did it in cities everywhere from Cleveland to New York City. And so, she, I mean, she saw everything that you could possibly see in an emergency room. And so, I know what yeah, the nursing profession is definitely a a good one and a giving one. Um, and I'm pretty sure those the nurses that took care of me were kind of happy that their day was over. Uh, <laughs> By the time that they were done in my room, oh, <laughs> I'm pretty we'll sure talk I wasn't about the that later. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. I wasn't the easiest patient to deal with, <laughs> especially when the cable went out and I'm staring at a blank TV, going, "All right, what the hell's going on here?" Uh, <laughs> well, we're glad you're getting better. I yeah. appreciate that. People are texting, "Thank you, ladies, for what you do. It takes a special person to be able to handle trauma, and it, it takes a special yeah. person to do what you guys do." Uh, tell everybody about the uh, fundraiser one more time for the Providence House. It's a great organization. They take care of at-risk kids, but tell us all about it once again. So April 2nd from 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. at Goldhorn Brewery on East 55th, we will be raffling off eight different gift baskets, all uh, curated by our nurses, uh, put together by us and um you know, I don't have the ticket prices in front of me right now, actually, but um, you can buy any number of tickets, um, put them in as many boxes as you want for as many ticket or for as many of the baskets as you want. And um, just come out, have a good time, get some pizza, have a couple beers, you know, every, a dollar from every beer at Goldhorn. They're donating to the Providence House as well. So thank you so much, Goldhorn, for doing that for us. Um, and, you know, we're just out there to have a good time and yeah just support providence house support our community that's yeah, very cool well thank yeah. you guys for coming on tonight we really appreciate it are you guys working tonight or what's going on we're at work yeah, yeah. i see go. that but how long you got left you got a long day still ahead of you we're well, i think we're all done yeah, yeah. we, we stayed over just for you yeah. all right fantastic well good enjoy well, your night Thank All I can again. say, too, is anything you're involved in, any next good idea, uh, this show, Seth and I would be happy to help out. Don't Absolutely. hesitate to call. Thank you so much. Thank you you're guys welcome. so much. Thank you. You have a great really night. Good luck with the event. And, and just remember, yeah, there's that Venmo, anybody. There it is. There it yep. is. <laughs> and th- this show stay is posted everywhere after tonight, so... Awesome. We'll be watching it all week long. So thank you I'll very much. I'll be sharing again. it to all those social media thingies. <laughs> oh, good. Thank, thank you. you, guys. Thank you. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. Uh, super cool. Super cool of that. Yeah. Providence House is a great, great organization. Uh, Triv did a lot for yep. that charity. I think they're still trying to do stuff for that charity over there. I don't care who does it. Support that charity because they are. It's a. It's a great thing. Providence House is fantastic. Well, it's a well-deserved organization. I have always had a theory. And tonight, what an illustration, because we've got some stuff that neither one of us want to talk about, but both feel we have an obligation to talk about it. And then you balance it off with what we've just been doing for the last, uh, you know, 20 minutes. 
and I believe me, as long as there are 1% more people like us and them in this world, we'll be okay. Amen to that. Uh, feel free to comment on the show. You can leave your comments, um, Facebook, YouTube, whatever. And um, unfortunately, we got to talk about the news of the day. So yep. we'll do that in uh, just a couple of minutes. And Jay Bach, comedian, coming up at 6 o'clock, doing another charity event. Um, should be pretty cool. But we got to talk about what's going on. Uh, in the world. We'll be right back. What separates Triv's Restaurant in Strongsville from everybody else? Some restaurants you go to to eat the same thing over and over and over. But then there are restaurants like Triv's where you want to go there every single time and eat something different until you have eaten every single item on the menu. Why? Because the food's delicious, and it has been for almost a quarter of a century. Triv's has amazing food, outstanding service, and an opportunity for you to have private dining, special events, and intimate occasions. You can enjoy a memorable fine dining experience in your own dedicated intimate space. Visit Triv's in the heart of Strongsville. Call now for reservations. 440-238-8830. Trivs in Strongsville. Joe Burdick custom flags are amazing. Each flag is handcrafted to reflect the imperfect perfection, making each piece of patriotic wall art unique. This is a local small business, veteran owned and proud. Joe Burdick creates symbolic artwork that is built to last. Display your spirit, pride, and patriotism by calling 440-305-2065 and let Joe's flag serve you. 440-305-2065. Joe Burdick Flags. Let me introduce you to Charlie's Auto Repair. Any car, any truck, any problem, Charlie's does it right. You know how it is. The check your engine light comes on, you put air in the tires, and the light is still on. 216-470-0170. That's Charlie's Auto Repair, 13728 Madison in Lakewood. Charlie can do it all, from small engine repair to fleet maintenance and system diagnostics. Winter is here. So call Charlie's Auto Repair for snow plowing needs. 216-470-0170. Charlie's Auto Repair. Let Charlie make your car great once again. Right back here, the Seth Williams Show with Mike Yuselka. Um Thank you to the lovely ladies at the burn unit there in Metro. Uh, nurses, fantastic people doing uh, God's work, man. Good stuff. No um, I'll tell you what, though. <laughs> we're going to talk about technology, uh, watching every move that you make. Uh, yeah. The little break that I was, I got a notification on my phone from Facebook saying, um, Providence House is an event, an event you might like to check out. And it's another event that they have going on. Nothing that we were promoting tonight, just something else wow. that was going on. Um, so big school shooting today. Uh, unfortunately, um, I hate to use those terms, but it, it was sad, terrible, awful. 
um, three students, three teachers or adults, I should say, shot and killed, and then the suspect shot and killed. The shooter was identified as Audrey Elizabeth Hale, a Nashville resident. This is according to Fox News, what I'm reading right now, mm-hmm. who identified as transgender. Investigators were investigating a home connected to her. Nashville police Hale said uh, Hale possibly prepared for the shooting. Uh, they said in this press conference again, I'm just reading what, what just came out. I just got this right now. Also determined there were maps drawn of the school, details, surveillance, entry points. At one point, she was a student at that school. There was a vehicle nearby that gave us a clue to who she was. So, there you have it. Um, I don't want to turn this thing political, but I guess I'm going to. Um, okay. Because the president did. But let me show you what happened today when the president came out. President Joe Biden. Did you see this today? No. Um, everybody broke in because they, you know how these things work with news conferences? You've, you've seen them before. Yes. They give you like a two-minute warning. Right. Before the president, whoever, is going to speak so you know how long you know, news stations can pre- prepare to jump into the, the broadcast. Right. So I heard that there was a two-minute warning. I still have some things that I, I know of that I can follow to get two-minute warnings and stuff. And so I knew when the two-minute warning was. So I'm assuming the president knew when he came out what he was going to talk about. And he obviously knew that there was a school shooting that happened today. I'm not trying to get political, but I'm going to. But this is what happened when the president took the stage to talk about the school shooting today. My name is Joe Biden. I'm Dr. Joe Biden's husband. And I ate Jenny's ice cream, chocolate chip. I came down because I heard there was chocolate chip ice cream. By the way, I have a whole refrigerator full upstairs. I think I'm kidding. My name is Joe. Now, that was his response. Anyone ought to tell some kids in the back to stand up. And he's laughing, giggling, talking about whatever. And then he goes into, immediately goes into, we have to ban all guns and ban assault weapons, ban this, ban that. Um, and his heart did go out to the families, of course, and uh, as well it should. And then he talked about that literally the school shooting for maybe a minute, minute and a half, two minutes, and then went into whatever he was talking about again. Um, This is the President of the United States. Three children were shot and killed. Three adults were shot and killed by a a crazy woman who walked in there with guns and ready to go. And he was talking about chocolate chip ice cream. But besides that, then he immediately went to banning guns. And I saw on your post that immediately you went the gun route of saying how many people have been killed by physicians and your story was from 2014 and then how many accidental gun deaths and everything else this issue is not about guns in my opinion anymore this issue is, is about a mental health crisis um, this woman regardless these people that have guns are going to get guns and by saying you want to go door to door and just start asking people or taking guns from people is almost insane at this point what are they going to use to take your guns when they go to your door to take them, they're going to use guns. And if you're not going to talk about the Denver shooting the same way that you talked about this one, uh, because it happened to be a black male with a pistol who shot at people a week or two ago, it's getting to the point of ridiculous. 
You're not going to go to the south side of Chicago and start going door to door and taking all their guns when there's mass shootings on a weekend, every weekend. It's getting ridiculous. So for the president to start singling out assault weapons once again, and we have to ban all guns and everything else, is getting on my nerves. Okay. You done? I'm done. My turn. For now. First of all, that was a nice cut and edit piece. He oh, that was not a cut and edit piece. Well, no, I watched cut. it live. That was not so, a cut and edit piece. So did I. That's bullshit. It was not a cut and edit piece. That wasn't you know the, it. If you watch it live, then you know it. Seth, let me rephrase then. It was a selectively cut representation of the whole minute. He walked down and spent a couple minutes interacting with the children as children. And then he said... I wanted to interact with the children for a while so that people start to realize that it's children that are getting shot and then transferred into his. I'm not done yet. I didn't interrupt you. It's not a time for laughing and giggling. I didn't interrupt you. And yes, there was a laughter, and yes, it was a little bit lighthearted, but that's what made it even sadder. Because people. Every single child that has died in this country and over and over and over again at these schools has parents, and that's what they miss, is the laughter, the potential, the cute little faces, the jokes, the giggling, and maybe the ice cream. Number two, he didn't say, let's ban all guns. But you tell me why a 28-year-old woman, transvestite, black guy, Indian chief, blind guy, whoever, needs 47 AK-47s or two. Now, I know what the Second Amendment says, and I'm a firm believer of the Second Amendment. But what puzzles me is when it comes to abortion and other issues, the Supreme Court says we have to interpret the Constitution in the world and the way our forefathers intended. There wasn't a forefather intended that pictured us having that kind of death and destruction at our fingertips. The Second Amendment says a well-regulated militia. We can't get red flag laws or background checks out of the current Congress as it's constituated because, well, the Second Amendment, we're not allowed to do what? Background checks and registration? And then the third point is this. And this one pisses me off more than anything else. We, everybody says, if anything happens, or if so-and-so gets in trouble, or if the country gets even worse, we need these guns so that we can do something about it. Well, here's my question. What are you waiting for? This country once fought a revolution because they were going to raise the price of tea. The king is going to raise the price of tea. Bullshit. That was the American Revolution. All this crap goes on in the world, like I talked to you about, Ford, General Motors, the banking crisis, the 1%, and on and on and on and on. And we all sit here and throw rocks at each other saying, oh, you're a liberal, you're a Democrat, you're a conservative, you're a Republican. This isn't, uh, we have a real, real problem with mental health. Guns are just maybe. But anybody who would walk into a school, it's a given. The other thing I don't like is people saying, well, you know, criminals don't pay attention to gun laws. 
Well, they don't pay attention to murder laws and they don't pay attention to bank robbery laws and they don't take attention to drunk driving laws either. Are we supposed to throw those laws away? Because criminals don't obey the law. That's why they're criminals. That's why they go to jail. All I'm saying is this isn't an opportunity to make fun of a guy who wanted to spend a tender moment with the kids before he walked up to the podium and said, once again, our hearts our thoughts and our prayers go out to the other useless suckers that had to suffer the same fate as everybody else because we are too stupid in this country to do something about the wrong people having guns. Because if you look at the NRA, they don't want anybody to not be able to have a gun. And that's just as dangerous as the invisible threats to taking all the guns away. One, are you, are you done now? Yeah, your turn. We have a conversation. We're just going to. No, wait, go right ahead. Your turn. One, it's an idiot move to go out there, and I don't care whether you want to call it a tender moment or not. When a tragedy like that happens in this country, you don't go out there and start laughing about chocolate chip ice cream. And I don't care who the hell is in front of you, whether it's a bunch of kids or whoever. The time at that time was to talk about what happened. And again, he wants to go to banning guns. And you want to talk about assault weapons and all that kind of. What? Weapon, what gun is not an assault weapon? If you're holding a handgun and you're pointing it at somebody and you shoot at them, that is an assault weapon. Guns are used to assault people. That's what they're used for. And so any gun is an assault weapon. And on top of that, what are you going to do? What is your solution? You want to go door to door and take it from gun, take guns no. from people that are actually law-abiding people? No. People that actually do I it want the people that have else? guns to do the country a favor and take their cell phones outside and shoot them because that will do the country some good. Maybe every gun I purchased came with a background check, but it's not nationwide. We don't have national background checks. Uh, That is a blatant lie about the NRA, Mike. No, please do the research. How many times have you heard the NRA? And I've been following what the NRA has to say since 1968. When Bobby Kennedy got shot too. And they said any gun law starts us down a slippery slope. You are dead wrong about that being more than what comes out of the NRA's mouth. Because the other thing about the Constitution says a well-regulated militia. The Second Amendment doesn't say anybody, anywhere, anytime, any place can have as many powerful guns as they want. It says they shall pass no laws. And that should maintain a well-regulated militia. Where's the well? Where's the regulated? And where's the militia? Because you don't even have to take a class and you can have uh, unconcealed carry. Welcome to the Wild West. The NRA has backed the Federal Firearms Act of 1938. The NRA supported the NFA along with the Gun Control Act of 1968, uh, which together created a system federally licensed gun dealers and established restrictions on particular categories and classes of firearms. Um, so okay. they do have. Uh, it has nothing to do with background checks, has nothing to do with red flag laws. And those are the two that I told you they refused to come to the plate on. And all 1938 did was make sure that they couldn't make guns without registration numbers. Yeah. I don't know what that means. So you do the research, Mike. Whatever. Well, you know, you know, here's the thing. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm not omnipotent. And I don't claim to have all the answers. What is your solution? 
No, so do you. When you do, we both have the same opinions, and we and we believe them, and there's nothing wrong with that. No, I'm asking, but what we, is your solution, though? Do you want to take truly, guns from people? No, I don't want to take all guns from people. What I would like to do, though, is maybe convene a panel of four, five, six people on this show and spend a full two hours talking about all the dimensions. It is too complicated an issue to call names, belittle, make bad jokes, and claim that one president's better than the other. Again, not talking about a president, talking about uh, people that want to take away something that is rightfully theirs. Well, here's if I thing. owned a gun, I don't own a gun. I wish I did. Uh, but I don't. If I owned a gun, I think that I'm a responsible person that wouldn't walk into a school or a movie theater or anywhere and start shooting people. If I have a gun, it's for my protection in my home. I'm not a hunter, so I'm not going to say that. But right. uh, I have the right to own one, and I would use it responsibly. I, um, don't I know many people. I know many, many people that listen to the show, some sponsors of the show, uh, good friends of mine that own guns. They own long guns, if you want to call them that, assault weapons, whatever you want to call them. And they are responsible gun owners. They haven't gone in and shot up. And there's no mass shootings with these people. And it's there for their protection and their right to own them. Some of them use it for sports. Some of them use them for whatever the hell they want to use them right. for. But it's not for Those bad things. People you don't have to worry about. I completely but agree. again, when you're talking about politics and you talk about one side that generally wants to take those guns out of those people's hands i have a problem with that well who are those people they're certainly not the people you just described the those people that we're talking about are the ones that stick a rifle out of a hotel high-rise hotel window in nevada and shoot 164 people in las vegas okay and here's the problem i have and i've always had with these these laws that you want to enact about you know mental health checks or background checks and this kind of stuff you never know what's going to happen in somebody's life. Somebody may, may be a responsible gun owner, get the gun responsibly, do their thing, and everything's fine. The next day, their wife leaves them, they lose their job, and they have nothing, and they snap, go crazy, use that gun in a way that they probably shouldn't use it. Again, we can't judge everybody and see what right. they're going to be like, and you can't just take guns out of people's hands. It's, it's not going to happen. So you have to come up with a better solution. So How about I don't this? know what you do. Instead of looking at it as taking guns out of people's hands, think of it as taking wacko people away from guns. Okay, so how do you determine who the wacko people are? That's what I'm asking you. Well, you make sure that if you buy a gun, that it's not for a heat of passion moment like you just talked about. And so you wait 72 hours before nope. you can actually physically I, pick the gun up. Again, that's fine to say that. What I'm saying is that responsible gun owner may have something that happens in their life and they already have the gun at home and you they go crazy, they snap, they lose it for whatever reasons, and then they have that gun. So unless and you're so talking maybe about taking your guns away from everybody, a background check isn't necessarily going to cause you know everything to be okie dokie. That is everything that people on a jury throw up over when defense attorneys stand up and go, my, my client had some emotional things happen in his life. He used to be a really good guy, but his wife left him and he bought six scratch off tickets and didn't win a dime and his dog's not going to make it and on and on and on and on. You so know, you never nobody ever snaps because something actually happens in their life that sucks. Uh it's all they're just bad people from the get go. I refuse to believe there, that. Are, I mean, there are some people. 
I don't disagree with people going nuts and snapping and stuff like that happens. But you know what? Here's the other thing. Um, people get mad and and snap and kill people with knives too. I don't want to take knives away from everybody. Why not? Like, people snap and drive over people, run same, people down, and because, And I will say this from the beginning: I'm not here to overturn the Second Amendment or ban guns. But we need to do a better job of finding out who's got them and how. Let me ask you this. There's never been a single mass shooting with a gun purchase that day. That we know of. Well, I, mean, I think by now we would know that. Yeah, but the, there have been mass shootings by people that got their hands on a gun that day. From a parent, from an unlocked cabinet, from people that, that later said, oh my God, we didn't know my son had that. They, you know, that... <laughs> Yeah, that's my whole point. Murder has been against the law forever. And I'm the first guy to tell you, and I've said it on stage a million times, Adam, Eve, Cain, Abel, four people on the planet in paradise, and one of them has to kill each other, somebody. So maybe that's the way we're made. Maybe that's just the way we're made. I don't have a problem with that, but my point is... If you're if you think about it in a big enough way to encompass all the idiosyncrasies and all of that stuff. Oh, Jesus Christ, the Twin Towers wasn't the thing. And you know what? Here's my story, Chris. Here's the thing about today. Biden didn't want to walk up again and sound like a parrot saying the same thing the same way in the same way. He did two minutes think, after he talked about chocolate ice cream. He wait a did. minute. For him to say, I'm going to connect with the kids on their level for a minute and then look the parents in the eye, which is what he did, was a hell of a lot more creative and sincere and from the heart thing than just going up there saying, today in Nashville, once again, the country shed a tear over six people and on and on and on. You know, maybe, you know, maybe it would have been the appropriate thing to do if you're the president of the United States. Maybe not go down to that event real quick and stay up somewhere where they can record you or play you saying something about the event that happened. Then when you're done, you can go down and joke with the kids and have your little tender moment. And if you want to have a private conversation with them, then fine. But you look like an ass when news stations break in and, and they're talking. He's talking about look, his you know chocolate, chocolate chip ice cream upstairs. I, I'll chalk that one up to Fox. Because you look like an ass if Fox goes, ladies and gentlemen, here's a clip of an ass. You don't look like an ass if Fox News had said, here's Fox News didn't say, see, this is exactly what I knew you were going to do. Fox (laughs) News didn't say shit about him doing that. That was a channel that I happened to be watching, but they went to it, and I thought he looked like an ass. So did people that that I saw react to it. He looked like an asshole. That wasn't my point. My point was your little event. Fox News didn't have shit to do with it. How come you get to I tell... I want to see report that it was a transgender who did the shooting. I'm sure they will. They're not afraid of stuff. CNN's terrified of stuff. No, I'm sorry. And it, it, But you want to accuse Fox of doing something. They didn't do anything. They did. I, they went to I didn't when they say were they did. I was using that as did. an example. Seth, you didn't let me finish the point. If Fox had said, here's somebody relating to the kids for a moment first, everybody would have said it's okay. It's what you're told. Oh, nobody had to tell me to think that he looked like an ass. I mean, well, if you want to take the time to have your tender moment with the kids, 
Don't go on camera when there's a school shooting. Go on what? camera before that. Talk to the country. Tell them what you have to put your heart out there and everything else. Then go down to your events. It's not going to no. be on camera for everybody. This to see. was the perfect moment. When you exactly. invite all those kids and all those parents to be downstairs, for him to choose to relate to the kids first, then raise his eyes up, look at the parents and go, unfortunately, we can't stop there. This is it's, what we have to talk about. Yeah, it was it's a the brilliant perfect, segue. It's the perfect political move to do in front of a in front of a bunch of kids and their parents and talk about uh, school shootings and banning guns again. I mean, well, so what? He hired the transgender to go buy a couple of assault rifles and pull no, it but off? it was his perfect political opportunity to go up there and talk to the kids about school shootings and banning guns and how bad yeah, guns I, are. We got to get rid of. I all told of them. you before I knew you were even going to play that clip that the sad thing for me was those kids holding hands and leading each other across the street. Absolutely. That's part of their life. And this, what again, I hate to keep, well, no, I don't hate to do this. I love this. And this is why I'm here. Once again, it comes around to the big picture of these are the changes that are going on in the world and it doesn't bother anybody. And all the bitching and moaning and finger pointing and calling names and belittling and on and on and on is an excuse for rolling up our sleeves and being you're, part of the solution instead of part of the problem. You're absolutely right. And Chris is right on this, too. But you're absolutely right. You should not be belittling people. But I didn't bring up Fox News you, or CNN. You did. I didn't say where I saw it. I didn't say anything about Fox News. I didn't say Those anything are about minor CNN. Points. You brought up Fox News. You're the one that wants Those to divide sometimes. Points. You are the one that wants to divide sometimes when nobody brought up what news station? Nobody brought up anything like that. Nobody did. No, no. I was I was starting to pay a compliment to Fox, but you jumped all over my ass before I finished. Our president. The rest of my point was, like if they or, had said, then people would have felt completely different. You don't need to. You shouldn't have to describe what the president is doing. He, he right. should be able to come on and me, say what he wants to say. Gunner, Gunner, and anybody else that read this and chuckled, Google. President Trump on May 13th of 2020 announcing the stimulus payment for everybody. Watch that speech. He is more incoherent in the two minutes that that speech takes than any clip I've seen about supposedly Joe See, Biden. And again, I'm going to just say this and thank God we have a comedian coming up. Um, maybe he'll add something you know, to the show. Uh, but for you to say something like that is so fucked up again because why you do this all the time. Nobody is talking about President Trump. President Trump was years ago. No, he, he wasn't. Is. No, he wasn't. He was in Waco, Texas last night saying that there's going to be death and destruction if he gets indicted. Don't tell me he's invisible when 48 Is he the president of the United States right now? No, he's not. No, but you he can't get him be. out of your head. You pay no, Trump I won't. rent. I he mean, won't get out of everybody's you, head. You must, I've never seen somebody more obsessed. I'm not obsessed with, with another man than really? you. I mean, really? it's shocking. And I've really? known guys watch that love guys. Man, watch you some of the really, man on really the street. Watch some of the man on the street interviews with people that are at his rally. And then talk to me about people obsessed with Trump. Oh, man. I've been to his rally. How many times have you been on the news today? You know what? But I don't wake up thinking about him. It's I shocking to me that you, everything that comes out of your mouth has to do either. with Donald Trump. I wake but up yet you want to unite people and bring people together. Except I do. for anybody that likes Donald Trump. No, those are the people that have to give it up to get to the middle. Oh, Jesus. That is all part of uniting. No, our president doesn't need to. No. Uh, I mean, 
Uh, it, it's really it, it's dead serious. It, it's I sad. mean, for you to sit there and tell me I'm obsessed with a you guy are. that away. You are obsessed with him. I you put it on Facebook all the Seth. time. I mean, Seth. it's really kind of weird. It's it's slightly like I, I worry about you. I know you have a girlfriend and everything, but I worry that everything's not okay when you, you constantly obsess with one guy. You can't think about what the guy is doing now in the office. You just are constantly obsessed with what the previous president did. I, I, I don't get it. I, I just don't. Okay, then you haven't been paying attention. You have not been paying attention then as to why Jim Jordan, Marguerite Taylor Greene, uh, McCarthy, uh, McConnell, yeah, Speaker of the House, why every single DeSantis are all scared shitless of his shadow. The fact that he made the phone call that put McCarthy over into the Speaker's job at five o'clock in the morning. DeSantis backing down from him at all. I don't Don't, see him. Backing down at all. I see people that actually support changing this government a little bit. But again, my point wasn't Trump at all. So I don't, don't tell me he's why you're so obsessed. You continue to talk about him. I'm not. It's really weird. It's really weird how like some people on the left just don't think about anything but Donald Trump. Biden right, let me could light the White House on fire, and you would how say come, it's because of Donald Trump that he did it. How come every single surprise ambush? You're not going to like this video you play is of Joe Biden. Because he's the president of the United States. Okay, and how many times did you play videos about Trump when he was president that showed him to be a moron? Holy shit. You have no idea how many times I've played videos of Donald Trump. And one, uh, Donald Trump hasn't been president since we started doing the show, and I would have played him here. And I played him a billion times on the show that I was on previous. So don't tell me how I did my job. I know what I did, and I played him numerous times. Every time that guy said something stupid, I said it. When he was tweeting Well, then you know what? You were obsessed, too, because he did it like 10,000 times a day. No, I was doing my job. No, I'm saying you had that much material to work with. No, no, I, I, I didn't. But I, I actually did my job. And I was always mad when he tweeted something stupid. I said he should have put it down. Back but to the this big is picture. exactly right. Gunner, you're right. Trump derangement syndrome. They call nice it that for a reason. Back to I the mean, big picture. Are we going to put together five or six people and talk about what to do about guns? Yeah. We should. We should. Why not? As long as you don't bring up Trump, because that's what you do all the time. Unity comes later, but in the heat of a conflict, leadership and resolve has to take change, charge. Unity gets handled after leadership solidifies solutions. Yep. Okay, that's... We have uh, Jay Bach coming up in just a minute. Hopefully, maybe he's not obsessed with Trump. We'll talk about something different. Hang on. Hey, it's Seth from Mario's Barbershop in Parma, 7526 Broadview Road in the Pleasant Valley Shopping Center right next to Big Lots. You got to check out Mario, man. Great guy, does a lot for charities, but can perform miracles with hair. He even made me look clean cut. Does my hair, does a great job. Love talking to the guy while I'm sitting there. It's a great place to go. Local business. You gotta go to Mario's Barbershop in Parma. Mario's Barbershop in Parma, 7526 Broadview Road. Again, in Parma, Pleasant Valley Shopping Center, right next to Big Lots. Or give him a call, 216-520-1977. That's 216 216- 520-1977, Mario's Barbershop in Parma. Trust Joe's Lakewood Computer at 14035 Madison in Lakewood. They have over 30 years of professional service handling laptop and desktop repair services, virus removal, and data migration, and much more. You can trust them with hardware updates to your computer's memory and hard drive. Call 216 651 3880 
Whether you need a simple Windows install or you're interested in the latest computers for gaming, call Joe's Lakewood Computer at 216-651-3880. This is Tim Elkhorn, radio voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers for attorney Will Spiegelberg. Will Spiegelberg is not only a name you know, he's someone you can trust as your attorney no matter the circumstance. Will Spiegelberg is an attorney you can always count on. Will Spiegelberg is the attorney you should contact for all your legal work. When you need an attorney, call Will Spiegelberg at 216-233-4240. Attorney Will Spiegelberg, a great teammate. 216-233-4240. Right back here, the Seth Williams Show with Mike Jusilka. Uh During that last break, I got a call from Donald Trump, uh, Mike, and he'd like to move out of your head, if that's possible. I don't know. Do you have any he free time? I'll, I'll help with the, uh, the the furniture. Okay. Um, Let's go to Jay Bach, comedian. Hey guys! Hey Jay, hey. how are you? Good. What's going on? So what do you think? Oh, been? just just uh, living the dream here. Did you did you like that conversation about uh, our former president like three years ago that we still can't forget about? It's it still amazes me. I don't know what everybody's going to talk about if he doesn't win the Republican nomination. But I know what's going to happen. We'll still talk about it. That's what'll happen. Um, <laughs> so we got a great thing going on. A, um, Fantastic event. We're proud to be a part of it. I know Mike is and uh, is going to do a great job with it. And uh, we're looking forward to this. So let's tell everybody what's going on. Okay. Well, uh, we've got this huge fundraiser, actually five different shows to raise money for the people of East Palestine. And so we're going to have uh, five shows throughout different parts of Northwestern Ohio, I guess you would classify it. Uh, we've got Medina, we've got Massillon, we've got Cuyahoga Falls, which will cover the Akron area. We've actually got East Palestine, that'll be our final show, and we got Columbiana, which is our kickoff show. Uh, it sounds great, Mike. You you know all about this, so yes. What's going to be um, happening? Jay found <clears throat> a charity based there, boots on the ground, knows exactly what all those people need. No, uh. Uh, uh, how to get the resources to everybody else. And this is what I really am amazed with Jay about the way he put this all together. There isn't a single dime that's going to touch a comic's hands or Jay's hands or a promoter's hands or anybody. The way you participate in this is you go to the site and we can put that up after I let Jay talk about it and you donate and then you get a receipt once you donate that receipt gets you into the shows. So it's clean, it's simple, and just like we, you and I and Triv were proud to associate with uh, Coats for Kids because all the money went to the Coats for Kids, the same thing's going to happen here. No matter what anybody decides to donate, uh, all that money is going to help the people in East Palestine. It's going right to them. I mean, that's very cool because I actually had been there with my family. We went yes. and saw um, the derailment. We could see it from where we were parked, and there's a lot of things going on there. I know that they just recently had to dig up more soil over there, which affected some people again. Uh, so, yeah, they definitely need stuff, without a doubt. And, and Jay, tell us a little bit about um, what the comics' response were when you started to make some calls and the word got out. That The response to the comics was actually overwhelming. I mean, I was... Very pleasantly surprised. I mean, 
you know, you and I have been doing this for a long time. I've been doing this for almost 20 years now. So we know a lot of the comics and I barely put the word out. And all of a sudden I had people like, what can I do? How can I help you out? Just tell me what you want. I've got comics. I would have been happy just to have them do one show. Comics are like, hey, however many shows you need me, put me down. Put me down for all five. Put me down for three. Can I do this venue? Can I do that venue? Um, to, to the point to where it's really turned into a who's who of Ohio comedy at any one of these shows you go to. And like you said, the beauty of it is people go to the way station. They'll as if they were making any other donation to any other nonprofit, they click on a button, they just designate comedy show and they can print that out uses as their tax deduction. And they can also use it to get into the shows and let a little secret out. We're asking for $20 donation from people, but nobody's checking that. So it's like, if, if you just showed up and even have a ticket, nobody's going to throw you out. Uh, we'll have the QR codes there. You know, if you show up without the ticket, you may decide, hey, you know, look, I, I've got six, seven, eight headliner comics here. This show is worth 200 bucks. Maybe they'll just decide to donate 200 bucks tonight of the show. Whatever they want. We're not twisting anybody's arm. Right. And, and the other the, thing that's the way, cool. the, the waystationinc.org, correct? The correct. Yes. I put that up on the comments so people can see it and they can click on it and do whatever they want to do. So, And, and Seth, we picked them principally because we didn't have to deal with the money that people could donate directly to them. Uh, Cause there's other charities and stuff too. Some of them didn't have boots on the ground. Some of them didn't have the technology that they have to be able to make the donation. And I didn't want to be handling money. I just, although that being said, I will tell you the kickoff show in Columbiana, there's a chance that our contact at the way station may be there. So they may pass a hat there, but then it would go directly to the contact from the way station. We, the comics and us, we wouldn't have anything to do with it anyway. And here's the other beauty about the way this is set up. We're doing the four shows that take place over a month to raise the money and the awareness and get as many people as possible to donate something to the people in uh, East Palestine. But then City East Palestine is going to give us their high school gymnasium packed full of as many seats as possible. And then we are going to go down and do a free show for as many adults in that city as we can pack into that gym just to give them a few laughs after all they've been through. That was a hell of an idea, Jay. Yeah, that that was the no-brainer part. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it seems like a very cool thing. I mean, it really does. I'm looking yeah. forward to being a part of this. Um, and the comedians are going to be all over the place, right? And uh, they can, can they see a list of where all the events are going to be at the way station? Actually, I just got Mike. I don't know if you got it, but yeah, I got one it. by the name of Bill Stone, who just minutes ago sent me the flyer. And the locations are going to be uh, the Columbiana Cultural Collective in Columbiana. Obviously, that's April 11th. That's our kickoff show. Um, April 25th, we're in Medina at the Medina Nazarene Church. So that's going to be a cleaner show. So if there's a show that you know, you're worried about taking your grandparents to or something, that might be the one you want to go to. 
Yeah, but um, to tell them if they go to the church show, two of their venial sins and one of their mortal sins is forgiven. So it's kind of a trade-off. I, yeah, I don't know if the Nazarenes are into that. So <laughs> I know, but but I will tell you, the Nazarenes did step forward. The Catholics Catholics didn't return my calls. So yeah, you know, you know. So I'm throwing a little guilt back their way now. So at least they can <laughs> show up and help these people out. Um, May second, we're down in Maslin at Crackpots Comedy Club, which is a nice place down there. Um, May eighth, we're at the Funny Stop in Cuyahoga Falls. Shout out to Pete. It took him all of two and a half seconds to say, Jay Buck, you use my place. So I'm thrilled with that. And then the final show is May 23rd in East Palestine. And again, we're we're doing that primarily for the residents of East Palestine, but nobody's checking driver's licenses to make sure you are there. I mean, and, you know, if if we end up adding more, great. The hardest part, to tell you the truth, was getting the venues. And all the shows are going to be on Tuesday nights. Because I'm, I was asking the venues to donate their facility, and I didn't want to take away from their weekend business. And once we started on Tuesdays, for simplicity's sake, everyone was going to be on a Tuesday. So that makes sense if, too. If there's somebody out in Lorraine or you know somewhere else that has a hundred seat venue and, and they want to get added to this, reach out to me because we'll do as many shows as we can help. My concern is. And I, you know, heard you guys talking about the, the shooter before going on. The problem is, I think East Palestine's rapidly falling out of the news cycle, and these yes. people still have to live with it long after, you know, it's no longer being broadcast anywhere. And, and in addition to that, everybody was talking about, you know, well, what those people need. And you sit at home and you picture and stuff like that, and they got donations of blankets and food and water and all those types of things, but. In this situation, the way the accident was and what really happened there, it's not like the town had all kinds of destruction of homes and streets and businesses. It was the water and the air. So when I found out through Jay that one the waste station had told them, everybody here wants new air filters. Duh. You know, I would have never guessed that sitting at home here in Cleveland. So your money puts all new air filters in all the houses down there. You can go to bed at night and breathe a little easier. No pun intended, but feel better about, you know, their house. And that's yeah. the benefit of working with somebody who's actually in the community because I had assumed water, right? And the first thing the lady said was, you're not bringing water, are you? Because we we don't have anywhere else to store it. <laughs> and it, so what do you need? And she goes, air filters, um, you know, air, not fresheners, the things that recycle your air, air uh-huh. purifiers. Um, and so they can turn on a dime as the people need something. You know, maybe a business just needs a little cash infusion because they had to throw away their inventory or it wasn't insured or whatever. They're right there so they can respond to people. Maybe it's just food. You know, maybe they just need to get, get their hands yeah. on some food. I mean, that's one thing. I mean, I've been watching, obviously, a lot of this stuff. Um, I don't know the government has done a whole lot to help them over there, and I know that, uh, Norfolk Southern certainly hasn't done a whole lot. I mean, these people want their houses sold <laughs> because uh, you know they, the property values are down. Everything is down in that area now because of this. And like you said, it's kind of leaving the uh, news cycle. It's, it's going away. People don't think about it. And you know, they need to not be forgotten here. So I think it's a great thing. Well, Seth, That's- you're right because I think the local government's doing what they can. Yeah. They're just not equipped for something of this magnitude. No, I, I think, you know, the feds probably could have done more, but the local government is just, you know, 
I'm out here in you know Seville, Lodi, Westfield Center area. We got trains that run through here all the time. And if something happened out here, I know Lodi couldn't move on a dime to handle something of this magnitude. And so that's I kind of identified with you know a rural community where it's like, oh great, now what do we do? Nobody anticipated something like this ever happening. And the big fear down there also is the fact that what are we a couple weeks away, if not starting right now? Uh, they got to put their seeds in the ground if they're going to be able to farm any of that land and got to want to make sure that the land and the water that they irrigate it with is, is you know, potable, farmable, and, and isn't going to cause more problems. Well, the EPA says everything's fine. Of yeah. course they do. That's what they told the Marines at Camp Lejeune, too, but that's, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm happy to be a, a part of this with Mike and the show is, and of course the CMS network, Chris Aiken has joined on as well. Yes. Uh, we're going to be promoting this all over his network. Uh, so the CMS network is a big part of this too. I appreciate uh, so gonna, it guys. We're going to try to get this thing rolling and uh, hopefully it'll be a great event. And I think it's gonna be cool. I want to get to some of these comedy shows. I was hoping they're on Wednesday nights. So that way Mike wouldn't be here for the show and, <laughs> get somebody that wasn't talking about Trump all the time. Uh, but uh, Tuesday nights is a good night to have it. So Mike will be here. <laughs> I promise you, know you think you'll be able to come out the one. I'm going to make this pro promise in front of Jay, Seth. Yeah. I if Trump is so far at the end of the tunnel, and I have no problem getting rid of him. What I'm going to start doing from now on is start talking about where the problem started. And from now on, instead of talking about Trump, I will be talking about Ronald Reagan. There you go. Okay. Forget about, uh, you know, Bill Clinton. But, you know, we don't talk uh, about Bill Clinton smoking cigars out of women. You know, that's not a big deal. We, we, we leave those kind of guys out because they happen to be lefties. Uh, but, you know, it is, fine. You can talk about whoever you want to talk about. Ronald Reagan, the greatest president of all time. Um, yeah. Um, except for maybe Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter was great because he didn't know what he was doing. So that was good. Jimmy had Billy. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. Everybody had somebody. Um, the other thing is too, the, um, and what we're doing here on the show and with Jay's help and guidance too, is like uh, Jay finished saying, the shows are all going to be on Tuesday, which means next week, well, next week we're going to have Bill Stone, who's doing all the publicity and is the one that's going to incorporate, let everybody know that the show's involved, everything that Chris is doing and the network is doing. But then after Bill, we can have a comic that's going to be in each and every one of the shows leading up to the show that's going to be that uh, the next night, Tuesday. And then who knows over the next five weeks, Seth, anything could happen between the network and between the show. Maybe on Monday we have somebody from the um, uh, charity on from East Palestine, et cetera, et cetera. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're happy to happy to help, but there's going to be a stream of comics and uh, part of its coincidence, part of its timing. But we Seth and I have been discussing maybe adding a comedic segment to the show. Um, and you got to kick it off, Jay, uh, and your work certainly set a high bar. But we hope to have comics on on a regular basis and it'll be a welcome addition to the show. I'm sure the comics will love it and appreciate everything you guys do. Can can I just mention to people if if they happen to miss your show, which is a big loss on their part, if they uh, find me on Facebook, it's J A Y B O C, 
I'll just be promoting the crap out of this. So there's no way you're going to miss it if you're following me on Facebook. Great. Fantastic stuff, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on tonight. And uh, talking about this, the waystationinc.org. Um, be a part of this. You know, get to see some comedy, help out East Palestine, East Palestine. And uh, I think it's going to be a good event. So thank Who you. Who knows? Maybe that. Dave Chappelle will get wind of it and stop in as a surprise guest somewhere. He's from Ohio. We can only hope, right? Yeah. Yep. Send us, um, have Bill send Seth uh, some of the artwork or at least the flyer so we can get some pictures up too. Great. We'll get that to you. And we'll put this information, we'll put this information and everything else on our website too. So anybody can um, watch, be a part of that too. Thank you guys. All right, man. Well, I appreciate it. I'm sure we'll be talking soon. We'll get that flyer up and everything else. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks, JC. Uh, Jay Bach, comedian, doing a good event for East Palestine. Um, the Waystation Inc. org. I think it's going to be cool. I do too, and it's a, another example of everybody in Ohio dropping everything and doing what needs to be done. I'm really happy to be working with this group. Fantastic. All right, uh, we want to take a break, and we'll get back to some gun stuff uh, since that seems to be the hot topic of the day. Um, well, I guess we could do a few more too. We got some huh? other too. Let's do the church thing when you come back too. We could do the church thing, but well, I mean, we can wrap up the gun thing though. I mean, oh, I, I agree. On, look, I, I don't agree. need to get on your case about you know this Trump stuff. I can take it, but it, it, take it just it. seems like there is this thing out there with the the, the anti-Trump people that they just don't stop talking about them. Okay, but you haven't stopped talking about it. I haven't said Trump in 45 minutes. You've said it 55 times. You said you're the one who brought it up to begin with. And so my point is that there was in a conversation like we were having about gun control, Joe Biden, what he did today, and about because he is the current president of the United States, and about school shootings and that kind of thing. There's no need to constantly bring up the same guy from years ago. If he becomes president again, which I hope, Maybe then we can have all kinds of discussions about it. But it seems like a, a, a pointless just argument anymore because it's there's nothing to argue about. He's not in charge. I agree. It doesn't have to be an argument. Tone it down and let's just talk. I was no toning it down. I'm just tired of talking about him. It gets I, it gets boring. It, it gets boring from you know, I I everybody pro- you on, heard on, my promise. You heard my promise. I made it in front of another comic. I will go back 60 years and we'll talk about the seeds that were sown and we'll go from there. All right. Uh, we'll be right back and we'll talk about something kind of interesting going on locally, uh, which I think uh, is bad, but hang on. Hey, it's Seth for Smoke and Rock and Roll Food Trucks. You got to check them out, man. The food is just unbelievable. Mac and cheese is fantastic. The brisket, everything else is just to die for. You got to check out Smoke and Rock and Roll 605 Clay Parkway in Bay Village. You can give them a call 216-539-2239 to book a food truck. Uh, you know, Find out where they're going to be at. They're going to be all over the place, Come there, especially when the spring and summer hits. It's unbelievable food. They win awards all over the place. Run by my good friend uh, Billy Morris uh, and his friend Todd. They're good people, and they make great, great food. you got to check it out. Smoke and Rock and Roll. Smokeandrockandroll.com. Aaron Tees and Signs has become your complete one-stop sign shop. Call Jimmy at 216-299-9344. Their friendly and professional staff can and will help you build your company brand and identity from start to finish. One-stop means you get a complete package from one location. Custom logo design, 
vehicle graphics, banners, t-shirts, storefront marquees, and so much more. Aaron Tees and Signs, 4883 Turney Road. Call us at 216-299-9344. Hey, it's up for Audio Bay Studios in Bay Village. And now if you need a podcast done, you got a band, you got to record some stuff, Audio Bay Studios is the place to go. Train technicians, uh, good management there. I'm telling you, Audio Bay Studios has helped me out tremendously with my podcast. You want to go there, Audio Bay Studios, 605 Clay Parkway in Bay Village. It's right next to, or in the same building, I should say, as Smokin' Rock and Roll. Some of the best barbecue food trucks in town. The best barbecue food trucks in town. Tell me, you got to check out Audio Bay Studios. I know the guy, Chris Aiken. I know the guy, Billy Morris. They're good people. They take care of you. Audio Bay Studios, if you got a podcast that you want to start recording, Audio Bay Studios in Bay Village is the place to be. 605 Clegg Parkway. Give them a call. 216-713-0066. That's 216-713-0066. Right back here on the uh, Seth Williams Show with Mike Chiselka. Talking all kind of stuff tonight. Um, but I uh, want to get into something a little bit different. I was kind of trying to hope to see if I can get a video playing uh, before the end of that break. But apparently it's taking a very long time to load up, but uh, maybe I'll save it for another night. But it's worth we playing. We have one more break after that, too. Maybe if you come up later, we can still finish <clears throat> whatever you want to do. We can talk a little bit more about... All right, hang on a second. Let me see. Second memo, we can do. wait for the video. There are still those who believe America is weakening, that our glory was the brief flash of time called the 20th century, that ours was a burst of greatness too bright and brilliant to sustain that America's purpose is past. My friends, I utterly reject those views. That's not the America we know. We were meant to be masters of destiny, not victims of fate. Who among us would trade America's future for that of any other country in the world? And who could possibly have so little faith in our American people that they would trade our tomorrow for our yesterday. I'll give you a hint. They put on quite a production in New York a few weeks ago. Over and over they told us they are not the party they were. They kept telling us with straight face that they're for family values. They're for a strong America. They're for less intrusive government. And they called me an actor. Hear them talk You'd never know that the nightmare of nuclear annihilation has been lifted from our sleep. You'd never know that our standard of living remains the highest in the world. You'd never know that we remain the one nation the rest of the world looks to for leadership. But we knew then what the liberal Democrat leaders just couldn't figure out. The sky would not fall if America restored her strength and resolve. The sky would not fall if an American president spoke the truth. The only thing that would fall was the Berlin Wall. My name is Joe Biden. I'm Dr. Joe Biden's husband. And I ate Jenny's ice cream, chocolate chip. I came down because I heard there was chocolate chip ice cream. 
By the way, I have a whole refrigerator full upstairs. <laughs> I think I'm kidding. Well, quite a difference. Um, anyways, uh, what's going on out uh, east there, Mike? We'll talk about well, I'll tell you. I think it's kind of a big story. You gave that speech, and then going back to gun control, where everybody said, oh, my God, this is a mental health problem. He closed every state mental hospital in the country. He took the tax rate and cut the 70%, 40% tax rate for those making millions and billions in trade and cut it down and said trickle-down economics would work. And trickle-down economics has been the bane of this country for all of that kind of time. It's frightening. He's anyway, also the guy. I'll tell, you what, I'll tell you what's frightening. You want me to play the video again? No. Chocolate chip ice cream upstairs. Thank God for that. There we go. All right, so what's going on on the east in our churches? Oh, man. Uh, you informed me of a local story, and I went to Channel 5, Channel 8. They've all got, you know, video, and they've all got some stuff and things about the fact that a church that hosted a uh, drag show for adults uh, at the church had uh, some damage done to the outside. I guess they knocked down a sign and somebody claimed that a Molotov cocktail was thrown, but it missed everything. And make a long story short. Um, but that got to be the uh, issue of the day because um, um, their, their question was, oh my God, uh, we're adults. Uh, we didn't sell tickets to kids and they're not inside any schools. So what's the big beef and again i will say lots and 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 lots of people uh of all ages uh both parties liberal conservative whatever 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 have all of a sudden decided that um uh we need to hate those that uh are cross-dressers and so I spent some time today researching cross-dressing. And not only did it start back in the day of the ancient Greeks and Romans, where uh, women weren't allowed on the stage, and so younger boys played the parts of women in all the Greek tragedies and all the great Roman uh, theater masterpieces. Then came along William Shakespeare, who had all kinds of gender fluidity and and uh, mystery regarding the motivation behind characters and all that stuff and things back in the 1500s. And he, after all, was Shakespeare and his birthday's later this month. And I'm sitting there going, how am I going to make this play and show people that cross-dressing, transgenders, gay people have been around for way too long, but now it's a convenient political stone to throw. And the last thing that occurred to me about an hour before we started this show is it wasn't that long ago that everybody in this country would laugh out loud every time Benny Hill would make a joke and run off stage and come back. And so did uh, uh, and Monty Python. British humor is based on somebody being able to run off stage and run back on stage in a dress. 
cute. Cute. All right, so let me get this straight. In your mind, that this is a political stunt to make fun of or hate cross-dressers. Currently. Are you I think all of the culture me? wars are. You're, you're all kidding, All of the right? culture wars are orchestrated deliberately. So you're telling me in a church that you supposedly go to on a weekly basis, you've been taught in your life that it's okay now to have children have a story hour with people that are cross-dressing no, and that this that. is okay to have our children in front of. Look, I didn't I don't say care that. what the hell you do. You want to dress like a woman? I don't care what the hell you want to do, Mike. In your personal time, I'm sure you have a dress or two right. in your closet that look Here very nice on you. All right. Maybe you dress like an alien. Whatever it is you do in your personal time is fine with me, but I don't want my child to be a part of it. I don't want okay. my kids to be in par- a part of it. I don't want when, my church teaching that kind of stuff. To when have you heard any of the stuff that's been in the media, in the paper, on the news, on social media, use the word only? We only want to make sure that they don't go into the schools. No, it's a real broad brush. And all of a sudden this it, is it's not a broad brush at all. His ugly tentacles. You, it's not a broad this brush not at just all. about that. Every, you go on TikTok, you can do whatever the hell you want to do. I, if I don't want to look you gotta at pay it, I can for look it. right by it. You got to pay and for it. You shouldn't be doing it in a public library where children are. You shouldn't be doing it at churches or schools. As a parent, I think I have the damn right anymore in this country to control what my kids see and don't see. And for I you to sit here and say that it's okay to stick into churches say and that. say it's okay. I'm not making fun of transgender Damn it, people. Seth, I, I never said that. You, you, you just said know. you said it's a political thing. It's not a political it, thing. It, it's a parental things, thing. Both things can be true. It's a it parental thing. It's a political thing. thing and a parental thing. And I'll tell you why it's a parental thing. And it's not for the reasons you mentioned. It's the age of the kids. Nobody should be explaining anything that has to do with what's going to happen to their bodies and their minds and their emotions as they get older. Nobody should be more involved in that than the parents. As a matter of fact, they're the only ones that have a right to teach their kids how they teach their kids and how they bring them up. So don't put it in schools. Don't put it in libraries and don't do that kind of thing. That's all. But it is so much more than that. I'm certainly not condoning that, violence. I'm not condoning what they did to that church. I don't change the subject. What I'm saying cocktail is, is ridiculous. I completely agree with you as far as parents having the right to do that with their kids. But as part of the whole culture war things, every single one of them is stretched and blown out of proportion because it's easy to scare That's people. such crap, dude. That's such crap because you know what? They're winning the culture wars. Who? That's who's winning is Who? the people that want to do different things. Who? It's a vocal minority that is actually They're winning the culture winning wars. Anything. What you are they see, winning? Look, if you sit there and you say anything about a trans person or a cross-dresser or anything like that, you're a bigoted, hateful person. And that's not true. That's not true at all. Okay, Just because I don't think it's appropriate to put in front of children, and I don't want children to be mutilated across this country, doesn't mean I'm a a hateful, bigoted person. That doesn't mean that at all. Where's the mutilation link? Uh, Because certain states are allowing and fighting for children to be able to choose whether they want to be their gender or not and do it without parental consent. That's ridiculous. Okay, and that's not... Thank you. Conditioning this behavior as normal. Forced appreciation and condemnation on anyone that thinks it's a mental illness. That's true. 
I, I'm being not look, this country is being forced to accept certain things that haven't been right for years, and maybe that doesn't make it right, but I don't know. But I don't think it's right to force that kind of thing on kids, my kid, or anything else. That should not be an option for an eight year old or a 10 year old or a 16 year old. I wouldn't even use the word forced. I don't absolutely think forced. it should be introduced to it. But they're forcing it. Even farther than that. They shouldn't even be introduced to it because that is the parents' number one job is raising their kids. Um, once again, false info, Mike. The church in Chesterland, Chesterland supports a drag show for children being held in Chardon this weekend. But they also had a show on their property, too. Okay. okay, but what he's saying is correct. <laughs> I didn't say they didn't support it. I was talking about the violence. The show in Chesterland or it has, Westmore, it hasn't happened yet. The violence was because of what they already did. I, I don't know what Boy, happened yeah. to the church that I grew up with. I mean, you can call me old-fashioned. I'm only in my 40s. I'm not old-fashioned. Here's what I ponder. Here's what I'm asking. Wait, I, I was saying something. I don't know what happened to the church that I grew up with. I, when when I grew up with the church, I was taught that abortion was wrong, that certain things were just wrong. I, and I and now all of a sudden, it's the, the church is supporting things that I, I didn't, was never taught was okay. Support's a strong word. There's that old, you know, uh, love the sinner, hate the sin, and tolerate everybody else in this and that thing. But here's the mystery from a uh, philosophical or from a um, theological point of view. You can read the Bible from cover to cover. There was homosexual behavior during the time of Christ. He walked around this planet for three plus years. He never talked about gay people once. Okay. He never even brought it up. So what's your point? So my point is, the bigger picture is how we all get along as a group, not on filtering through everything. See, I'm so tired. Of, I'm, I'm, I, I, forgive me, and maybe I'll sound insensitive here, but I'm so tired of hearing this crap about... Uh, we all got to get along as a group. There's nothing in the law, nothing in the Bible that says I need to like everybody. Really? I mean, you I, I are I, your brother's keeper. The that's fine. Look, I don't. But that. there are certainly I don't have to, to like you. Cheek when you don't like what somebody did. The exactly. I, I may have to turn the other cheek. It doesn't mean I have to side. like you. It doesn't mean I have to like you. I don't yeah, have to well, like everybody that, that roams around the earth. You're right. I don't have to like everybody. Doesn't say like everybody. The Bible says you have to love everybody. And okay. that's you know way I love you, but sometimes I really don't mind. like you. You understand that, right? I love you as a person, and I do because you've been there for me through a lot of things. Yeah. But there's a lot of times where I fucking don't like you. Fine, the things that you say. You brought up and said the Bible doesn't say we have to like each other. Don't. I, told I don't have you, to like anybody. You have to love everybody. I don't have to like different. anybody. I do love everybody. I don't have to like everybody. Okay, to, I'm not what? murdering people, but you know if what? I'm not going to associate somebody, myself with certain people. If you love somebody and don't decisions. like them, you keep it to yourself. That's what I, I don't have to do. Why does everybody else get to say what they want to say, but I don't? Well, see, now the why Bible is that? Why say, is that the case? Why is it that everybody else, every cross-dresser gets to say what they want to say and do shows for kids, and it's wrong if I say I don't like it, but I'm not allowed to no, say that I don't like wrong. it. 
Absolutely. I I'm I'm she, labeled a bigot and a hateful person if I say I don't agree with that decision. All right, well go have the go argue with those people then. I'm the one that told you right off the bat. You don't think society does that. You don't decision think that, for reasons you didn't even get into. You don't think our country has changed to that point where I can't dislike somebody without being a bigot or a hateful person. I'm allowed to not like people. I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed to say I don't think the trans uh, or cross dressing or whatever is appropriate. I don't think it's good. I don't think it's right to have kids be taught it. I don't think it's right to have kids doing it. And I can't say that because if I do, then I'm labeled a horrible, horrible person. By who? By mainstream society anymore. Okay, that's what it and comes down to. Thing. I'm the liberal thing. side, to be honest with you. The Bible also says, "Live your life and don't give a crap about what other people say or think about you." So don't sit here and tell me, "Oh my God, people are going to think I'm," or "People are going to label me." That's exactly what's wrong. That's the chain I'm trying to break around everybody's throat that listens to this show. And I'm not saying everybody listens has the chain. I'm saying anybody nationwide that's listening to this show, that's the problem with trying to communicate in this country. You're allowed to think and feel and do and act because that's what motivates your behavior. But your behavior better conform with not hurting anybody else and taking care of everybody else. And that's why it was not a small thing when he decided there shouldn't be any more mental hospitals because look what's happened with 60 years of people living in the streets and having kids and and just wandering around and now they have guns too. Yeah, it all goes back to him. We'll, we'll, no, we'll talk about some 40 years ago. That's fine. Whatever. Uh, it goes way back. And here's the other thing. There's one other story. Banks cutting off accounts. Here, bingo. Easy that, to say, Mike, but labels not fine. Banks cutting off accounts. Jobs right. firing you and your livelihood destroyed because you have an opinion that doesn't go along with this woke society. That's I absolutely agree. true. That's what I'm fighting, too. But we're not going to get there unless we focus our attention on that crap and stop fighting with each other over the kind of stuff that's in the news and on social media every day. I'll give you an, a, the biggest example of this, and I hope you caught it, too. You also sent me a story today about how Ford Motor Company claims they're going to lose $3 billion because of electric cars. Yes. If you read paragraph one billion, if, it, if you read paragraph three, it's because Ford unilaterally has changed the way they are deciding to record and, and uh, categorize profits that they're going that's, to say they took this loss. I mean, that's a good company line. I mean, that's no doubt a good company line. I get that. But what they're also saying in paragraph four is by 2026, they're going to make 8% over profits beyond their actual cost. Now step back for a minute, because how many times have I said this electric cars didn't happen four years ago, six years ago, eight years ago. And for them all of a sudden now to say, oh my God, we're losing $3 billion. They did that on purpose. They knew this was going to happen. They knew there was going to be a transition. And they're going to force everybody to do what they want us to do. Nobody told them to do anything any differently but when five banks can sit around overnight when Credit Suisse is in trouble 
and make a couple phone calls and the next morning give Credit Suisse $40 billion in unsecured loans because they themselves decided to do that. That's what happens when unregulated 1% makes decisions to help themselves and then tells us we should be pissed off over paying somebody enough money to survive when they work 40, 50 hours a week. Um, well, you volunteer to lose everything you have to be the poster boy for this, Mike. Uh, I don't know if it's going to cost me everything I have, but come see my show April 29th at the 9. I'll be at the Alex Theater April 29th. And there is a whole body of stuff that at least everybody will get to hear. If it makes me the poster boy, fine. But I'll certainly play that role on this show across the country. Uh, more details are coming out about today's uh, school shooting. Um, they've identified the victims. Uh, all three children were nine years old. Oh, man. Adults 61, 60, and 61 years old. Um, I don't see anything yet, yet anyway, as a motive for what happened. Uh, but well, a terrible, terrible thing that happened today in Nashville uh, by apparently a woman, 28 years old. Let's uh, also give some credit where it's due as well. This woman, whatever, shows up with two automatic weapons and a handgun. Yes, three children are dead. Yes, three adults are dead. But the mere fact that that woman was shot and killed within 15 minutes of that ni first 911 call being made, the response of the police in Nashville and the two cops that threw caution to the wind and ran up the stairs not knowing what they were going to face saw the woman and shot her may have prevented with the amount of arms and munitions that she had on her, dozens more from being hurt or killed. So hats off to the Nashville police. Um, not automatic weapons. Stop it. Well, all right. Hi. Whatever it is. Um, well, I mean, you know, facts are facts, but it is what it is. Um, one uh, website is reporting... Um, this person, as Elizabeth Hale, Nashville resident who identified as a transgender woman. Another um, website not reporting that, so I don't know uh, what is going on with that, anyways. Uh, but it's terrible. But now's not the time to really start talking about banning guns. What do you do? Do you put armed officers or no. into schools? We can't. We can't turn elementary school into an armed camp. Those kids are in school, not prison. So what would you rather happen? If there was somebody there on site, on campus, when something like this happens, instead of waiting 14 minutes, which is what they reported for the police to show up, which is fine, police did their jobs, and they actually ran to the uh, to the sound of gunfire, and so God bless them. But instead of Maybe that, you had, find if you had an armed person on the campus, no, maybe that would stop it. Or what do you want to do? Lock them in? So no. What I want to do, what I want to do is safe enough distance, a big enough distance away from the actual building 
is have a perimeter fence. And well, you, maybe know what they, they, you know where they have perimeter fences? Prison. Yeah. yeah. But so, I mean, that, you just said you don't want to make it one of those, but no, you're making one of those. No. You asked me if I wanted armed guards walking around the property and the premises. I said no. But make it so nobody that doesn't belong in that school can't get within 500 feet of it. Uh, it appears not maybe a woman, not automatic weapons. Facts. Mike. All right. The, the word automatic doesn't change anything. She had high powered well, rifles that you okay, used that, it. That, so, I mean, so, if we're going to use words, then they should be correct words. Okay. So, again, right. I stand corrected. I don't know I what you want to do. That just, that just texted to tell me how the point I made changed by changing automatic to high powered because when you put a label on something that demonizes it you were demonizing again automatic assault weapons whatever you want to call them they're not that's what you're doing but anyways so you don't want to have a guard inside the school that could potentially save the kids because they have a gun you don't want to arm somebody in the school but you'd rather put up a perimeter fence i guess with a guard tower or something what do you want it to do how's it going to stop these people and so what who's going to be at the gate of this perimeter fence to make sure that nobody walks through it. How many metal detectors do you have to walk through to get on a plane? Well, I'm I'm not asking what that takes. I mean, I think that security I, that's the kind for of airplanes. Security I'm talking about. I mean, that is absolutely necessary. So, everywhere. are you gonna? So, are you gonna have a guard standing there, or a teacher, I guess, standing at a metal detector? No, to make sure that somebody nobody's with coming some through. training. Somebody so, with some training. You know that that's where we're going if we keep this up. The only way to enforce any of the laws that have to be enforced are going to be with cameras and snipers. Okay, but again, um, what do you want to do to stop these school shootings from happening? Because you're not going to get rid of guns. It's, just, it's physically impossible to go door to door and start taking point. guns from everybody. I want, so what I want a want? fair distance away from the building. Have you been to Cleveland? Yeah. Have you seen the schools? They're next to homes. You're not going to be able to put up a perimeter fence far enough away from the building to be able to stop people from coming in and shooting them up. Yeah. I, I don't know what your answer is. I'm trying to figure out what the – great. On a place like to happen today, a perimeter fence that's out in the middle of the woods somewhere is, is maybe a good idea. But if you're going to Cleveland where a school is literally in the middle of a neighborhood with houses on top of it, how are you going to stop that from happening? If you put well, metal detectors into every single school. school, that's fine. But again, putting a metal detector at the front door isn't going to stop a guy who's crazy and wants to shoot up a school from going through another door or through a window and trying to get in. All right, I'm trying so to figure you, out what the solution is. And I think there isn't a my solution. Opinion, my opinion, the best solution is to arm a guard or two at the school's to make sure that something like this doesn't happen. What and if my they daughter's, come and at my door. daughter's old school? You know what I saw at my daughter's old school? I saw police presence there. I saw cops that had their cars parked out on the sidewalks. And when I drove up there, I almost thought something was wrong. But I was told, no, no, this is just you know people checking up, making sure that everything is good. That's the kind of security that I think these schools need. Plus, it creates jobs. Details don't matter to progressives; just their own narratives made. Right. Well, I, I'm saying, what, what's wrong with my idea as opposed to your perimeter fence in the middle of Cleveland with the homes around? You're going to put a perimeter fence around the neighbors, too? <clears throat> if everybody you're talking about 
has trained officers, that's one thing. But you're not going to arm the teachers and have any effect. Well, you're one, not. I didn't say armed teachers. I said have an armed guard or two or police presence. A lot of schools have dare, the dare officers. There should be a number of police presence. Yes, police shouldn't be demonized. But it's a big part of the problem. More cops in smart places. Absolutely. You don't want more cops in to, to protect the kids from schools? I didn't say that. I'm not disagreeing well, what with anything you said. Again, okay, you can't just sit there and not talk because that defeats the purpose of a talk show. I'm asking you what the answer is. Your perimeter fence thing isn't going to work my... in neighborhoods. Okay, then it's not going to the... work. That's not necessarily true. Put the fence between the house and the school. So then we're going to put a fence. I, so now we have to redraw the lines of the school because now you're going to have the fence that's going to go around the school but probably go through the playground that's outside the school. What do you want to do? Why do you're going to have to outline the entire the thing. Where did that statistic come from? What's it will probably have to go through the playground. Why well, can't I'm trying to figure out where you're going to draw the lines for this stupid fence that's going to go around the school in the middle of the neighborhood. I'm trying to ask you what a better solution is because putting a fence up outside of a school when, yes, by the way, Mike, schools do have playgrounds and they do have tennis courts. Some of them have tracks, too. Where are you going to put the fence around, around the, school, the perimeter around of the entire the perimeter? Property. Yeah. Okay. And then who's so going to guard the fence on the inside. to make sure that somebody doesn't cut through the fence? Is it going to be an electrified fence? I'm trying to figure out what your solution is here because a fence ain't going to cut it. Are you going to put barbed wire at the top of the fence so they don't jump over it? All right. So then you're not trying to figure out what my solution is. You're and then I'm going to ask you one other it. question before we take a break, because I'm going to take one more break here. All, All right. right. We'll wrap it up. We'll talk about what's coming up on Wednesday. But I'm going to ask you one more thing about your perimeter fence that you uh, want to put up around these schools. How about putting up a damn perimeter fence at the damn border so we don't have the legals coming over here? We'll be right back. What separates Triv's restaurant in Strongsville from everybody else? Some restaurants you go to to eat the same thing over and over and over. But then there are restaurants like Triv's where you want to go there every single time and eat something different until you have eaten every single item on the menu. Why? Because the food's delicious and it has been for almost a quarter of a century. Triv's has amazing food, outstanding service, and an opportunity for you to have private dining, special events, and intimate occasions. You can enjoy a memorable fine dining experience in your own dedicated intimate space. Visit Triv's in the heart of Strongsville. Call now for reservations, 440-238-8830. Triv's in Strongsville. Joe Burdick custom flags are amazing. Each flag is handcrafted to reflect the imperfect perfection, making each piece of patriotic wall art unique. This is a local small business, veteran owned and proud. Joe Burdick creates symbolic artwork that is built to last. Display your spirit, pride, and patriotism by calling 440-305-305. 2065 and let Joe's flag serve you. 440-305-2065. Joe Burdick Flags. Let me introduce you to Charlie's Auto Repair. Any car, any truck, 
any problem, Charlie's does it right. You know how it is. The check your engine light comes on, you put air in the tires, and the light is still on. 216-470-0170. That's Charlie's Auto Repair, 13728 Madison in Lakewood. Charlie can do it all, from small engine repair to fleet maintenance and system diagnostics. Winter is here, so call Charlie's Auto Repair for snow plowing needs. 216-470-0170. Charlie's Auto Repair. Let Charlie make your car great once again. Right back here, the Seth Williams Show with Mike Kisaka. We've got a few minutes left here. Uh, Scott says, my fence blew down on the wind. Well, part of it. All right. They have, invis- <laughs> they have invisible fences that will keep your dog in the yard. If we had laser fences all the way around the school, it could notify somebody that somebody who doesn't belong there is on their way toward the building. Holy so let's shit. not be stupid. We, number we can't. two, since we, the wall we, is working we, at the border, why don't we put a couple armed guards at the border and just shoot everybody that tries to come into the country? Well, there you go. Yeah, I knew it. Uh, so these laser fences, we're going to put... That's what we, we can't afford textbooks in Cleveland, but we're going to have laser fences up. That'll you know good. what? You don't can't put... I wouldn't put a price on the life of three kids in anybody's school in the city of Cleveland. How about putting a price on reading first? How that about, well, how about you said job creation? How about all the companies that make <laughs> laser fences? And part you know of how many schools there are in the country? Yes. But anyways... Um, I, I'm not sold on the fence idea. I think we need to find something a little bit more sustainable than a, a laser fence to, to keep us, uh, keep us our kids safe. Uh, I, you know, again, I think the police today and that school shooting did a hell of a job by getting there as quickly as they did. Amen. But 14 minutes is still long enough for somebody to do a whole lot of damage. Right. I think they said like that, somebody said today on TV when the f- phone call goes out, you're already behind the eight ball. The perpetrator is already in the school. And uh, I think they they said something like the actual shooting takes place for 20 to like 60 seconds. Right. Uh, So if the guard is taking a leak when somebody comes in the school, that doesn't prevent the shooting. Well, that's why I said that too. If you identify somebody that shouldn't be there before they get close to the building, you got a fighting chance. I think what we should we do have is have a technology st- to do that. If we right, have we have technology. Tech- we have technology. So what we should do is we should have a satellite that hovers over each school with satellite imagery of every person coming in, body scan them on their way into the school. Like every parent that comes to pick up their kid or drop off Bobby's lunch will be body scanned from space. And then if they have a you think gun, that doesn't happen to, now, Seth, or if anything you that think looks like tra- a weapon, they cameras, can laser them from space. How many times them. do you think that happens Jesus to you Christ. during the course of the day? We're already under that much surveillance. Well, uh, every traffic, every license plate reader. Well, then apparently these people that are being body scanned have been stopped at schools. So your body scanning isn't working yet. <laughs> it's working. They just haven't perfected the whole system yet. There's still a few loopholes. Like, if there are three police in school armed today, would it have taken 14 minutes to resolve this or one? That's why cops should be in the schools. Absolutely. Yeah, I get that. But if somebody popped up and shot through the window, they could take three people out before they get caught, too. If you're exactly. that close, so there is, is no too late. There is no foolproof thing that you're going to do. You got to try to make it the best you can. And I don't think putting up 
prison fences with barbed wire and lasers all over it. Prison fences with barbed wire. I just said laser stuff. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna do some research for uh, the next show and see how much a laser fence would take to go around each individual school. How much that's just does it in cost the city for your of dog? Cleveland how much alone. does it cost for your yard for your dog? How much does that cost? I don't know. I don't have a job, so I can't afford a laser fence for anything that I have. Okay, um, but you can. The school messed up. No security. Yes. Uh, thank you, ladies, for the job. Natalie yeah. must be behind a little bit on the show tonight. No, she just figured that's the right way to end it, and she's absolutely right. Uh, but someone didn't shoot through the window. In fact, that's never. No, she went through a side door. Yes, that never happened in the school. Every shooting has been inside the school. Yes. Oh, great. Woman... You just gave some idiot another idea, Chris. It's no, you did. Thought. You're the one that said it. You're the one that brought it up. Um, and that woman today apparently went through a uh, side door. Mike flips out when he loses an argument. It's not an argument. I, I'll do the research and find out how much a laser fits. Uh, I, I think that a fence around somebody's yard that happens to be an invisible fence. One, not a lot of people have those. Um, they generally live in rich neighborhoods that those people have those la- uh, invisible laser fences, whatever you want to call you them. You just and know this stuff that comes to you. And no, I mean, I, I have, I do have personal experience. I do drive around neighborhoods. I have seen invisible so fences. Um, I'm just pointing it out. Um, so I'm guessing that the Cleveland School District probably doesn't have the budget for something like that, but maybe a couple of extra cops at schools might be something or guys that maybe get overtime or hire some cops is always a good thing. Uh, hiring more police presence always you know, tends to stop people. I don't know. Uh, let's just cancel school completely. Problem solved. Yes. Right. Let's just sit at home and Google stuff. You got a question? Just Google it. We can use AI, and if you have any questions about laser fences, you can call Mike Kosalka. All right, uh, time to wrap everything up. Angelo Petiti is coming up on Wednesday. Nice. Petiti will be on. He'll be talking about gardening and what can uh, you can do with your lawn and flowers and all that kind of stuff. Angelo has been a a good friend for a lot of years of the trip show, and uh, looking forward to talking to him. We'll also have Tony Masaccio live. Uh, from somewhere great as well, as usual, because he always is, and it'll be fun. All right, have yourself a great night. Mike, thank you. You too. Thank you, ladies, from uh, the Metro Burn Unit uh, for coming on tonight. I shouldn't And thanks to Jay. And I, I love I also people that were on tonight from the Metro Burn Unit. They have a great fundraiser going for the uh, Providence House. Thank you. Jay Bach, also. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, I wanted to say thanks to you and to Chris for uh, just jumping on board and and being part of this without even batting an eye that's those people down there deserve this and we're going to deliver for them yep i'm looking forward to raising a lot of money for the people of east palestine and of course the providence house um check out their website and stuff as well uh, for all the events going on there uh, god willing we'll talk to you again on wednesday night good night, Have a good night.